could kill myself I'm too afraid to die But to say I've never thought about it That would be a lie Hello my lovely lovers How are you? I hope you're all doing beautifully Welcome back to Literally Lex, the podcast Seeking to make everyone feel seen, heard, understood Seeking to make people not treat each other so shitty in the world Today, talking about the things that really matter, fandoms. So I get inspired to record when I stay up into all hours of the night, waiting for my boyfriend to text me back. If anyone's ever dated an engineer who loves to procrastinate and overwhelm himself and fall off the grid for hours at a time because he's either doing labs or passing out from exhaustion, hit me up. We can swap stories. On that note, while we're talking about my relationships, let me just shoot you a quick update. X number one is Radio Silent. His text messages and fake barstool posts have been put on my TikTok. You can go see it if you would so wish. X number two seems to be doing fairly well since my TikTok fame. I've heard that he has started a music career on Instagram Live. That's pretty dope. And also, X number two's mom is also doing really well, and she can't wait to tailgate with me in the fall. So that's the thesis. Moving back into fandoms. So I got inspired last night as I was staying up until two in the morning, YouTube searching Pete Davidson. For those of you who don't know who Pete Davidson is, because you live under a fucking rock, he's a comedian from SNL. He started on SNL when he was 20 years old. He's now 26. He's the youngest cast member of SNL. Super funny, super hot, from Staten Island. Tatted up, whatever. So I'm going through Pete's videos on YouTube, and like the sixth video down is an hour-long video with uh, Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club. And it's just like... There's so many things that have been interconnected lately, right? Like, I watched Dave on FX, and the last episode of Dave, he goes on The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne. So I was like, that's kind of weird. And also, I've been watching Families in the Mafia on MTV, and that's in Staten Island. And also, obviously, Vinny and Angelina from the Jersey Shore, also from Staten Island. My Big, also from Staten Island. So Pete Davidson has been calling my name for a long time. Anyway, so he does this interview with Charlemagne, and it's, like, dead. Like, it's really deep, and it's about, like, living your truth. And I was like, okay, go off. So he gets on there, and he, you know, is talking about how he struggles with, like, BPD and bipolar and PTSD and how he has to get his meds readjusted and the way that, you know, he does tension release behaviors and all of these things that are, like, super important to talk about, super important to destigmatize. And my God, blowing my mind. Okay. I feel so connected to him. Pete Davidson also lost his dad in 2001 in 9-11. And so that automatically connects me with him because he was probably like, well, if he's 26, that would mean he was born in 1994. So 9-11, he would have been like seven. So that's my brother's age. It's kind of sad. Anyway, 
So me and Pete, David- Pete Davidson are like mad connected. And it's funny because my ex used to tell me that I looked like Ariana Grande, which I guess a stretch, but whatever. So basically, Pete, I'm your type. I'm also fucked up. I'm also a psych major, so nothing about you scares me. And if you want to bang my line, please do it. If anybody knows Pete Davidson, please bang my line. I think that we're soulmates. Sorry to my boyfriend. But if Pete Davidson comes into my life, I'm leaving you. Okay, moving on. So that brought me to really think about fandoms. And if any of you don't know, Stephanie Meyer has decided to release after like 10 years, Midnight Sun, which is Twilight from Edward's perspective. All of you Twihards out there, this one's going to fuck you up. Let me tell you, I remember being like 11 and finishing the Twilight series, which why I was reading the Twilight series in like the fifth grade, that's weird, but whatever. And I remember like Googling and like reading like the legend of Brie Tanner, which was like a spinoff from Twilight and reading the first chapters that were leaked of Midnight Sun. And like, I don't really remember it at all, but I know that this book coming out in August is going to be wild for the Twilight community. And that kind of led me to consider like, what is being a fangirl? What is being part of a fandom? And like, why do we do it? And like, why do we we identify with the characters so hard? And I was always like a Twilight girl. Like I never really got into Harry Potter except for um, Goblet of Fire because Robert Pattinson is in it. Cedric Diggory, like, th- like those are the things that matter, like Hot Boys. So I never really got into Harry Potter because I mean, some of you probably think like the main character, the main cast, like Daniel Radcliffe and whatever, they're they're hot. They're not hot to me. So whatever, like Draco Malfoy even like got like not hot progressively across the movies. God, people might come through my throat about this and because fandom people are crazy. So like everybody just take everything with a grain of salt. But I was thinking about fandoms, right? So I'm going all the way back to like when I was 12, which everything that's been happening in quarantine has been bringing me back to when I was like 12. So whatever. I'm thinking about fandoms. I'm thinking about, you know, this love triangle that's portrayed in Twilight and how Bella has a super tan guy best friend who's like low-key in love with her, but like she's in love with the white guy and who's like super pale and, you know, I'm really, okay, I'm like saying it and it's like, it's evident you guys know where I'm going, but maybe you don't. So my best friend is since like birth, um, he is tan, he is Italian and yeah, my boyfriend is 100% totally white. So this is the irony is real. There's no love triangle to my knowledge. I mean, there kind of is because my best friend would definitely like do anything to like be my husband forever. But like, shit's just not it, chief. Anyway, so I was thinking about fandoms and I was thinking about like, oh my God, like we get so obsessed with certain things. And like, that's how I am with Pete Davidson right now. Like I'm watching every single YouTube video about him. Like I'm Googling him. I'm like ready to put his posters up in my room. Like kid's a star. And when I was in middle school and obsessed with the Twilight Boys, it was, I don't really know what it was. I guess like, 
boys didn't like me back. Sorry, I'm tired. Boys didn't like me back yet because I was like still going through puberty and like I hadn't grown six inches and like gotten skinny with boobs. I was just kind of chunky with boobs. So it was like a weird time, right? So I think I liked Twilight and like dived and in, dove into that because it was like boys. And Pete Davidson, I think, is yes, boys for sure, because quarantine and not seeing my boyfriend and him just like not being available to give me undivided attention and care. Um, I think that I've turned to Pete Davidson and I'm not mad about it, honestly. He's funny as fuck. He's real as fuck. He says shit that makes people wildly uncomfortable. And I think that that's really funny because I like live for making people uncomfortable and I love having tough conversations. And so to watch someone else who's also shared like very similar trauma to myself and is so like just shameless about it because they have to be because they've literally had their mental health just like completely thrown onto page six is like low-key inspiring. Like I think that after my breakup, like the last six months, I've been just like kind of a wreck. And I think it's because when I went through my first breakup, I immediately just got into a new relationship with my second ex. And like, he just like really stepped up and like, he had been waiting to date me for so long that there was just so much that he had to say and like so much like showing up for me. And it was also summer, so there was nothing better to do but to, like, be my new boyfriend. And, like, there was just a lot of factors that made it so much more, like, magical. But that being said, it also made it so I didn't realize, like, how actually fucked up I was from my first relationship and how much that, like, loss and also just, like, what I went through with that person, like, really fucked me up. And I probably needed to go to therapy. And I think that in like October of my junior year, I definitely said, you know, I need to go to therapy. I definitely need to go, you know, this is like still fucking me up. Like I have major trust issues and like, I don't not trust you as your person. Like I just don't trust like anyone not to fuck me over or backstab me or whatever. And I didn't go to therapy because therapy is expensive. And at the time, like I just... That's not something I wanted to waste my money on. And I shouldn't say waste because like investing in yourself is never a bad investment. But at the time I was just like, no, fuck this. Like I'm happy. My boyfriend and I are happy, whatever. And I think if I had gone to therapy, I would have realized that my PTSD, which I talked about on here before, is rooted in traumatic loss, which you all know. And it all goes back to when I was three years old and I lost my dad. And I spent my entire life being like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. Like, don't even feel bad. Like, don't be sorry. And I watched Pete Davidson do that in, like, a clip. And it's like you can make a joke of your dad being dead. And, like, that's how you cope. And I do it all the time. And I joke about things all the time. But there's a certain point that that like can really fuck you up. And you have to like be very careful about the boundary that you walk because sometimes it can like minimize the loss or whatever. And I think that Pete does a really good job of not minimizing his loss and still making it like comedic relief and having like 
the outlet to use his art that way. And I love that about him. And I like literally can't breathe and I just keep trying not to yawn. But that being said, I do think that if I had gone to therapy, things would have been different with my ex. It doesn't matter. Things aren't different. It's fine. So now that I'm in therapy and I'm dealing with like my shit, I'm just realizing like how much your shit can affect your relationships and just like the way you function in the world and how literally just like talking about it and accepting and realizing and acknowledging like, oh yeah, you know, when I am in a situation and somebody's like, hey, like something about your dad and I'm like, oh, my dad's dead. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, it's no big deal. How doing that my entire life since I was three years old has like led me to like shame myself for moments when it actually is a big deal. And losing your dad is a huge deal. And not having your dad around for like key moments and especially as like not to discount men who lose their fathers, but like as a woman, like not being able to be walked down the aisle, not being able to have a father-daughter dance, not being able to go to father-daughter dances since I was like in elementary school, like those things fuck with you, whether you want to admit that to yourself or not. And you want to act like it's not a big deal or not like they do. And so, yeah, I think that in a roundabout way, like Pete Davidson has made me feel very seen and heard and also made me have a lot more empathy for people and a lot more compassion for people, including myself. And I think that he's doing an amazing thing by being so vulnerable and being so honest with people and saying, you know, sometimes I have to go to rehab and get my meds adjusted. And, you know, sometimes I struggle with like tension release behaviors, like cutting or like I'll get a tattoo because like it feels good. Like those things that are so real for people with BPD, bipolar, PTSD. I mean, any mental illness, like tension release behaviors are just so common. And so that really hit deep. Another thing that hit deep was, um, he said to Charlemagne that he's definitely been suicidal. He's always been suicidal. He's always depressed, but he would never do it because he has a mom and a sister and he like doesn't have the balls. And that is like such a real thing also is that like when you have a family, which I can definitely speak to, like I have two younger siblings, like I could never commit suicide because like I know in my head how bad that would fuck them up. And why would I want to fuck them up more than they're already like emotionally fucked up from me being an emotional basket case. And I don't know. He was just saying in that interview everything that was, like, important to talk about about mental health, important to talk about for, like, his shit that went on on page six and, like, with Ariana and all that. But, like, he was so good about it. He was like, you know, I don't have any ill will. Like, I want nothing but the best for everyone. And I would say I want the best for X number two. I don't, like, want to see him fail in any way. And I think that if he does, it will be in a way that like is musing, which is kind of sad to say, but I'm sorry. And I think X number one, like, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that kid. So he's just going to stay out of this. But that being said, let's like bring it back around to like fandoms, right? So Twilight, my fandom um Pete Davidson my new fandom and I guess like Staten Island which is like kind of whack I've never even been to New York I 
only know that like Staten Island is like not a good place. Like everybody talks about how it's like a, like an armpit and like a trash can and like I don't know. I'm not judging you. Like I'm from the murder capital. Welcome to St. Louis, Missouri. So like whatever, dude. But yeah, for real. So I don't know. If you guys have fandoms that like I'm not acknowledging, like let me know because I think that Pete Davidson has a fairly large fandom on TikTok, not going to lie, and uh, a lot of e-girls be loving on him. And then there's also, obviously, Twilight, Harry Potter. Um, What else do bitches get in line for, for, like, hours to, like, wait for things to come out? Obviously, like, Taylor Swift, but I'm talking about, like, dudes. Fandoms that are related to, like, girls loving dudes. Oh, One Direction? You guys have been bugging out. Like, oh my god, is One Direction gonna get back together? Oh my god. And, like, the Jonas Brothers, when they got back together, the world fucking shattered. Like, those are the things that are coming back. And I don't understand why. I don't know if it's, like, we're hauled up in quarantine, so, like we're all thinking about like our pasts and like our past selves and our sexual awakenings. And that's the thing. But like my sexual awakening was Simba from the Lion King when I was like seven years old. So I don't know guys. Oh my God. But yeah, One Direction. I like tried to watch the One Direction movie over the time that I was like visiting my boyfriend while he was working on his labs because hashtag engineering problems. And so I like watched the One Direction movie and then I watched the Justin Bieber movie and I was just like, oh, this hits different. Um, And it's actually so funny because that's like another thing is that I wasn't always obsessed with like Justin Bieber. Like when he first became a thing, like I was kind of like, eh. And it was not until Never Say Never that I really got obsessed with him. And one time I read a Seventeen magazine article and it was like, Justin Bieber hangs out with wombats. And I was like, I'm a wombat. I don't know. I was a weird kid. But I was thinking about it and I was like, I didn't even like Justin Bieber first. Like it wasn't, that was not my first like celebrity uh, musician crush. My first musician crush was Elvis Presley, who was dead. I went to Graceland for my 10th birthday I was, like, mad obsessed with him. I was like, I'm going to name my daughter Lisa Marie. Like, I'm going to be just, like, Priscilla. Like, I'm going to have, like, a big beehive on my wedding day. Like, I was, like, committed to this bit of, like, me and Elvis. But, like, Elvis as my boyfriend. Like, I don't know. It was nuts. And it's just, like, so funny looking back now because – I don't know anyone else who's like that other than like older women, like women in their like 60s and 70s that like are obsessed with Elvis. But yeah, I don't know. What else am I obsessed with? The Jersey Shore, literally so obsessed. And like, I don't even like Vinny or Angelina. So like the Staten Island thing, that's the only thing that's hurting you is Vinny and Angelina. I'm not really that big of a fan, but I do like that. They're always like saying fuck all the time. And like, you know, being like, fuck you. No, fuck you. Like, that's cool. I fuck with that. Obvi. A little bit, a little bit rough as my mother would put it, or like riled up as my mother would put it. Things that are not necessarily ladylike that she would not approve of me doing in front of my boyfriend's and or ex-boyfriend's parents. But, uh, yeah. So, the Jersey Shore. I'm in love with Pauly D, obviously. 
Um, Snooki and JWoww are the bomb. Dina is a mom, and I love her. And yeah. What else? Oh, Families of the Mafia is filmed in Staten Island, and it's all about like street kids and like, you know, staying off the streets, not being part of the mob, not being part of like drugs, violence, whatever, not going back to jail. And that's cool. That's awesome. Matt, my boyfriend, sorry, I just said your name on this podcast, even though I tried not to. Whatever. We were watching Families in the Mafia. Sorry, now everybody knows that you watch MTV Trash TV with me in your free time when you're not doing lab reports. Sorry again. But we were watching it, and Denny goes, I don't even or like something about like her father not having a relationship. And she's like, he made me feel like it was because of me. And Matt like dies every time I could literally send him the video right now. And he would like cackle like boy, the bar is so low for like what gets him. But I don't know. I love them. I love their accents. I love how riled up they get. I love that nobody's ever playing with anybody. I love that on the last episode of families in the mafia, Karen told her daughter, like, Think about what, like, your father, who was, like, literally went to jail for, like, 20 years for killing 19 people. Like, think about what he did for those other families. Like, what do you think he would do for your family as she's, like, fighting with her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, toxic relationship? Like, as if, like, this man is going to come and kill this little boy. Polly, you better watch out. No, but for real. Anyway, basically, I don't really know. I've been thinking about Pete. Davidson nonstop. Lil Dicky is not really a fandom. Um, what else, kids? What else? I don't really know. But that's really all I have. Shout out Pete Davidson for changing my life over quarantine. Um, shout out Twilight for changing my life when I was 12. Shout out Harry Potter for changing my life when I was in college and me and my good friend, um, we had a philanthropy event where we make quesadillas. So we made our quesadillas and then we were like, let's go hang out with this boy. He wants us to come over and said boy was very intoxicated and we're like, okay, let's go. We're like dead sober. And so we like go over to, we trek across campus, like two miles to this boy's place. And we get there and he's like, what do you guys want to do? And we're like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And he's like, I don't know. Let's watch Harry Potter in my bed together. And I'm going to sit in the middle. So we were like, okay, this isn't weird. So like the night goes on and like the kid definitely tries to like have a threesome with me and my friend. And like, it got really weird. And like, then we both like me and my friend, like we didn't want to leave because like, we didn't know how to leave and also like it was like such a long walk to get there and it was late and we were scared and so like we just slept there and like situation was mad weird and then the next morning we had to go to like sisterhood retreat with our sorority so we had to walk in and then we had to be like you know never have I ever like slept in a bed with my sorority sister and another dude and like he wanted to have a threesome and we had to be like nah fam that ain't happening so yeah thanks Harry Potter um, One Direction fandom gave me uh, friends in middle school, sixth grade. I watched like every One Direction video on YouTube. Um, probably same thing for Justin Bieber. Yeah, 
So that's all I have for you today. Just wanted to talk about Pete Davidson and fandoms. Pop off a little bit. I think the first song that I'm going to do for the intro, which like why I'm deciding it as I talk on the podcast. Welcome. Welcome to my thought process. The first song is going to be Sad Together by Olivia O'Brien. Um, because Pete Davidson said that, like, yeah, I've thought about killing myself all the time, but I'd never do it because, like, I can't because of my family and because, like, I'd be scared and don't want to fuck them up. So that is the intro song. And the outro song, I'm going to pick a song from Kehlani's new album. I don't know which one. I'm going to surprise you. But the bitch has done it again, going off. Also, Kenny Chesney went off on his new album, if you listen to country music. Uh, Yeah. So with that being said, I'm going to see you later. It's been great talking to y'all. I hope you're staying busy. I hope you're staying positive. I hope you're just vibing. You know, this has been literally Lex. So yeah, stay positive and just keep vibing. I think I'm addicted to romance Showing my whole hands Laying my cards out flat I stay with my heart on my sleeve If you fucking with me Anything I'll ever take back